For today's podcast, Dr. Smith, we appreciate you taking the time, as always, following a board meeting to sit down with us, and we're going to go through last night's agenda uh, and meeting from our Board of School Trustees meeting that was held on August the 23rd. So uh, before we go right into the agenda, we typically start right off the top, but I think I want to go to something you said at the end of the meeting last night, Dr. Smith, during your continuing business, continued business uh, portion of the meeting, where it's always a time for you just to share really whatever you you think is important to share publicly with the school board. Uh, you did talk about concerns, some anxiety you have right now around just something that's definitely in the news, and that is the increasing conditions for the worse, unfortunately, here locally in Vandenberg County uh, in terms of COVID, especially from the Delta variant. So I'm just going to ask you to kind of recap for us, what did you share with the board last night and, and what are your concerns? Certainly. So as part of continued business, I did share the current conditions. And, uh, you know, after we had a several month period of time where we had single digit new positive uh, cases on a daily basis in Vandenberg County, now we are a hundred plus, 200 plus on a daily basis. So uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that was present that when we played our first football game last year, the number of positive cases surrounding that week were 130. This year, when we played our first football game in Vandenberg County, the number of cases in that week added up to 1,079, quite an increase. We were very successful about remaining in in in-person instruction each and every day last year because of the collaborative effort with the Evansville and Vandenberg County community. And I know we can do that again, but I am very, very concerned that if we don't take additional steps that we will find ourselves in a situation where potentially we would not be able to remain open for in-person instruction. And when that happens, and first of all, yeah, what what is it? I mean, let's just cut to the chase. What do we mean when we say if we can't remain in person? So if we cannot remain in person, that means that our kids go home and they learn virtually through synchronous instruction each and every day. But what it also means is that if we if it's not a safe environment for us to be in school during the day, then it's also not a safe environment for us to have athletic competitions at night. No more football, no more volleyball, no more marching band. I don't think our community wants to see that. Additionally, when we send our kids home during the day because of the safety concerns, because of the spread of COVID, that means that a lot of the adults that this community depends on to work every day would have to be providing childcare services for their own kids. I know that when we experienced from the onset of COVID-19, our healthcare professionals were very, very, very concerned about having the capacity to continue to staff the hospitals if their staff had to stay home with their own kids. Because we know a lot of them may have young primary-aged elementary students, kindergarten, first, second graders that, as you said, can't be home by themselves learning all day. Absolutely. So I understand the impact that that has in the entire community. That's why I was so, so grateful last year, last school year, when the entire community rallied together and did what it was, did what it took did whatever was necessary to make certain that we could stay in in in-person instruction. And I hope and pray that we can do that again this year. Simply put, we have seen a a run-up and a spike with the Delta variant that took months with the original iteration of COVID-19. Now it's taking just a matter of weeks. So what took us three or four months to see in our healthcare facilities in terms of their census, in terms of people admitted, ICU and on vents due to COVID-related illness 
we're now seeing that run up in just a matter of weeks. And healthcare professionals, I know, have told everyone in the community through media outlets that they are nearly uh, at the peak of what they saw last year. The concern that I have is that all of that now is condensed. Since it didn't happen over a period of months, it's happening over a period of weeks. That that is that's a concern that we're going to overwhelm our healthcare uh, facilities, and we cannot afford to do that. And you know, I know one of the key things. So many aspects play into well, last year us being able to be successful in terms of keeping our schools open consistently. And and as you said, it took everyone's effort. It's following those mitigation strategies that we have in place. But one of the key uh, aspects that we asked parents to do, and everyone was great about this last year, and we want to make sure people haven't taken their foot off the gas, so to speak, this year about this, and that is that screening. So talk to us about that morning screening, whether you have a five-year-old going to kindergarten or a 17-year-old that's going to drive him or herself to school. Right. We've had several parents reach out to us because we're, we're fortunate that people are very attuned to this. But unfortunately, the Delta variant mimics what could be a, a common cold or what, what could be uh, symptoms of, of allergies. So we've had a lot of parents that have called and said, hey, should I keep my child home because they're experiencing these symptoms? I don't know what it is. Uh, So the answer is unequivocally, yes, keep them home, get them tested, eliminate the potential that it could be COVID-19. And then if it is uh, allergy, uh, seasonal allergy, then you can send them to school knowing that you have already eliminated the possibility that it could be the Delta variant of COVID-19. So please, please, please continue to do those health screenings. And I should have said from the onset uh, that the number of positive cases uh, that we have reported to the Indiana Department of Health mirrors the same percentage, if you will, as when we had the level of spread in the Evansville community this past winter. So there's not more spread proportionally in our schools, but what we are very, um, I guess, demonstrative about saying is the Delta variant mimics the common cold and mimics uh, symptoms that one might find with an allergy. Please, if you have uh, your kiddos that have those kind of symptoms, keep them home until they're tested and until they have a negative result from a COVID test. To send them to school would just open up uh, the potential for more spread, and we cannot afford to have that happen in our community. Well, you're exactly right, and, and we've said it before. We'll say it again. Moving forward, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to balance any decision, health and safety of students and staff versus the educational needs of our kids. We know that our students learn best in an in-person instructional setting where they're learning with their peers sitting around them while they have a teacher in front of them and having that engaging dialogue with them. So that's what we want to hope continues. We know that then uh, is a much better situation for parents, for our community, for activities. It's just such a positive thing when people can stay in school. That's what we want to hope uh, that continues for this year. We just need everyone's cooperation. So we appreciate you going through all of that, what you shared last night, because we know we can do this together. That doesn't mean it's not challenging. Right. We do know we can do this together. We've done this uh, together. But I'm asking, even though everyone has COVID fatigue, and I understand COVID fatigue, or healthcare professionals understand COVID fatigue, but let's Let's band together. Let's get this defeated so that we can return to normalcy sooner rather than later. And together, 
we can do that. Okay. So we're going to move from there then into our consent items from last night's board meeting. Certainly. So um, certainly we have the minutes of uh, each board meeting. That is item 2.01. Item 2.02, consideration and allowance of payments. Uh, pretty typical, 11.8 million, nearly 11.9 million. We had um, a little bit higher uh, allowance of payments when it comes to invoices uh, this time around, but um, that's actually due to completing work over the summer months. So that was nearly $4 million of our allowance of payments. Moving on to 2.03, when we look at grant proposals, there was one grant submitted, and that was for high ability. Um, that is a, what we call a non-competitive grant. So IDOE has a funding formula based upon our enrollment, and then we do receive money uh, to help our instructors and teachers go above and beyond than for those students that are in high ability. When we move on to 2.04 then, this is something that comes about on a quarterly basis, but uh, because of the changing in the funding protocol that the state put in place three or four years ago when they moved away from a general fund and the levy funds into what's called an operations fund and an education fund, they still basically deposit all of the funding into the education fund, even though we still have expenses that are now accounted for in the operations fund. So we have to, on a quarterly basis, transfer money out of the education fund into the operations fund. And that's what that $5.5 million represents over the course of a year to be about $22 million. And those funds then go directly to paying for the expenses that used to be in the old general fund better now in the new operations fund. And then moving on to 2.05, and this is really just moving uh, the VEBA into a Section uh, 115 trust, which is available for governmental employees. And really, it's less administratively burdensome than what it uh, was previously. But that really is, is the only change. Our employees and retirees will not notice any difference. Okay. So that wraps up consent items. As you always say, next is personnel recommendations, personnel items. You can always click on that and look through that. That's typically very standard. So you can certainly peruse that if you're interested in personnel uh, happenings since the last meeting. And then that takes us to action items. Yes. So action items, uh, 4.01. This was an information item in the previous meeting, but it was consideration to prove uh, policy 014, I'm sorry, 0164.15, which is electronic participation by board members and board meetings. And this really is a revamping of a policy that had been out for uh, quite some time, uh, but it changed because the statutory provisions changed. And really, I think that was an outgrowth of COVID. Uh, so the sum of substance of this is that board members can participate in a board meeting if they are calling in on a telephone, but they can only vote if patrons can see them on a screen when the vote is being taken. So, so if they can see them and hear them virtually, then they can not only follow along and participate, they can actually vote in the meeting correct. as if they were in the boardroom. Right. But if, if the public cannot see them when the vote is taken, then they can only participate and not vote. Okay. And then item 2.02 as well as item 2.03, uh, this was Dr. Underwood asking for permission to advertise the bus replacement plan as well as the capital projects plan, which is a requirement under the state law for our budget process. And uh, you can also find both of those plans on our website. 
And then item 4.04 is permission to advertise for additional appropriations for the debt service fund. So what that means is basically we have to submit all of our financial data onto something called a form nine that goes into the portal. And we do that based upon the current conditions. So when we had another general obligation bond, for instance, if that debt schedule comes out after we've already submitted the debt payment schedule into the portal, then we simply ask for permission to have additional appropriations. I want to be clear, this is not asking for more money. We have the funds available. I think Dr. Underwood said that same thing last night. Not asking for more money. We're just asking for permission to spend the money that we have in the fund for our new debt service schedule. Okay. And that wraps up action items, takes us to information items that were presented last night. So once again, uh, once a month, Dr. Underwood brings forward these four uh, financial reports. So the one 5.01 education and operations monthly review. So that basically is just the status of uh, revenue that we've received and revenue that we've expended. Actually, this is just expenditures, I'm sorry. But uh, you will see the percent of the budget that has been expended. And then when you look down uh, to the lower portion after you have the monthly tallies, then you will see the cash balance, the receipts, which is really the revenue that we've received, and then the expenditures, and then the new cash balance for each subsequent month. Then item 2.02 would be cash balances by fund, 5.03. Uh, which is a pretty lengthy document, but if you want to drill down then and see by function and object all of the expenditures uh, of the corporation, I think that's like a 39-page document, you can peruse that and see uh, all of our expenditures as it relates to the function and the object per fund. And then finally, 5.04 is the two-year revenue comparison, and we always like to gauge part of our financial standing and health is looking at how we are compared to the previous year. So we do this on a revenue basis as well as an expenditure basis. And, you know, I think it's obvious to see, and and we've talked about this kind of a consistent theme as we go back through and discuss these board meetings, but obviously uh, Assistant Superintendent for Business Operations, Dr. Carl Underwood, um, was on a lot of these items last night. And I think that just shows you how as an elected school board member, our trustees have to really have a, a knowledge of all of the expenses, the expenditures, the finances of this school corporation when they sign on to be a board member and, and enter into that arena. That is a huge responsibility, and our finance folks do an excellent job of keeping you and our trustees updated all the time on a monthly basis where we stand financially. Correct. We all take that very seriously. Definitely. So we end on a positive note. I skipped over this earlier. I apologize. We did have good news last night, so let's let's end on a note of good news. We recognized last night Officer Fred Schleter, one of our EBSC PD officers, who was our cause for applause winner in the month of August and was even featured on one of our local news stations as a hometown hero last week. Congratulations to one of our teachers at New Tech Institute, Linda Schaefer. She was named the Junior Achievement of Southwest Indiana Educator of the Year uh, in a surprise announcement last week, so great for her. Uh, Thanks to everyone who in our community donated over 3,300 school supplies during the Stuff the Bus event the weekend before school started. Uh, Those are going to go to Teacher Locker where they'll then 
make their way into students' hands. So really appreciate our community for that. Also, thanks to the community. Their great support continues for naming the field at Central High School Stadium after longtime educator and coach Mike Owen. So certainly a lot of enthusiasm around that. Um, and then we did say just a special thanks to our media partners who really have helped us promote the start of school this year, as well as different openings we have, whether it be bus drivers or substitute teachers or substitute bus drivers. So appreciate them helping us to get the word out about that. So lots of good news as well. And um, the meeting itself was a pretty brief, routine meeting, but certainly a lot going on here as we're off to uh, uh, start here in this new school year. So thank you for taking the time to go through everything, Dr. Smith. And as we always say, we'll keep providing updates, especially if there's any changes with what we're dealing with locally. Thank you.